Hi everyone, Matthew here. Just thought I'd open up this episode by saying we talk a lot about the specific art pieces that Clyde's done. Because of this, I provided a lot of visual references on the YouTube version. I would definitely recommend listening slash watching this episode on YouTube for a more likely better experience. If you're not really bothered about that, just sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. This is probably one of my favourites to record so far, so I really hope you enjoy it just as much as I did making it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the For Real Podcast, the show that discusses music, film and most importantly furries. I'm your host Matthew, also known as Hypebeast Dan, and today I have a very special guest. I'm brought by Clyde, also known as Tevin. Hi, welcome to the show. How you been today? Hey Maddie, how's it going? Uh, I, I've been pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I ain't really done much today. I've been taking a little break uh, from nice. most of my art stuff because uh, I'm getting carpal tunnel. <laughs> Which, oh, no. you know, is every artist's worst nightmare. And uh, so it's been kind of rough for me the past couple of days, just like, you know, sitting down on my computer, which, you know, yeah. I do this every day. I sit down and I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep working on my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I get on there and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I'm like exactly the same right now with uh, my university assignment because we've actually started pre-production now. And we've been told, like, okay, you need to write your scripts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sat there, and I'm like, this script is due in all my pre-production, like, script, budget, storyboards, all that shit. It's all due in by the end of the month. And I'm sat here, and I'm like, I've got plenty of time. And I'm like, but I've got so much to do, <sighs> yeah. and I don't know what I'm doing for writing the script. I hate writing. Oh, shit. So other, other people find writing, like, really good, but I find writing so cringe because I'm so bad at it. Yeah, so it's... I just kind of sit with it. That so is so tough. If you're, yeah. like, if you're, like, making a story and the, the writing part is really a struggle for you, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. the hardest part to get through. But, like, man, that's, that's where I'm at um, with my current project right now, too, as I've been in the writing mm-hmm. stage for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so, like, I should be able to do that, but I'm also just trying to give myself a little bit of mental break because... I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I'm kind of doing that yeah, every you day. Got, you anyway. got to take breaks. You got to take breaks. Yeah. Me at the moment, I've been getting in. Uh, have you heard all this like Dogecoin shit? Like, oh shit! You've been <laughs> doing that. Right. Well, it's fucking stupid. Because right, me and my mates. Right. It was the morning. It was like one of the mornings of like when Dogecoin blew up. Yeah. And one of my mates in my group chats was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna put some money in Dogecoin." And then everybody did, and I was like, "All oh, right, I will as well." So I put like twenty quid into it. Something like twenty dollars into yeah. Dogecoin. Yeah. And I've lost eight pounds. I've lost eight dollars, but I don't really care. Uh, I don't know. It's just funny. It's yeah. it's exciting just to see it like fluctuate so much. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the thing when it comes to investing in cryptocurrency. Like I'm not. I'm gonna say this now to my audience. I am not a financial advisor. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this shit. Yeah. But when it comes to investing in cryptocurrency and maybe stocks with company stocks are a bit more stable, but cryptocurrency fluctuates so much. Mm-hmm. So when you put money in cryptocurrency you got to essentially think it is like money you'd put in a casino. Right. Because it changes so much yeah, that you don't know. Like the next day you could be down like five pounds, but then the next day you could be up by 20. Mm-hmm. That's why I, that's why I only, I only put in 20 pound, $20 because I was like, I don't give a fuck if I lose this. Right. You know what I mean? 20. I didn't put a lot in. I just want to see how much it would change. Right. So it's like worst case scenario, you lose 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. It's so funny that it really yeah, is so much care. like gambling yeah. though. But then I'm I'm looking at this fucking Reddit shit and then there's like there's people oh I think half of this is cap, like one hundred percent lying. But someone's like, just put a thousand dollars or like just put ten thousand dollars in Dogecoin. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's so 
like, I don't, I just, that makes me cringe with like my entire like student loan, like <laughs> yeah. Dogecoin. I don't know. I think some some people just feel like they got nothing to lose. Maybe I I don't I don't know. I I haven't touched the stuff honestly <laughs> because I don't understand stocks, and I have no one like desire to understand stocks. I just mm-hmm. feel like my brain is not does not have the capacity yeah. to understand it. So I'm mm-hmm. not gonna like risk yeah. the money that I do have on something Definitely. so dumb. <laughs> See, I want to learn it, but at the same time, I'm like I'm the kind of person that my friends were saying. I feel like Matthew, you're you're a thinking process would not be good for stocks because i'm the kind of i'm kind of dickhead that would lose 50p and i'll be like oh my god i lost 50p i'm gonna think about it for the entire day oh yeah and and it's not like a kind of thing where you would lose 50p in stocks you would you can lose a lot of money in Mm -hmm. stocks just by like with like one day of just stocks yeah so i that's why i've only put small amounts in and it's because I'm like I'm I'm pretty um, I'm not gonna burst, but I'm like, you know I'm financially financially stable right now. You know, student loans came through. I'm still doing my retail job. Yeah. So and I have not been spending a lot of money like at all. So mm-hmm. I'm just chilling. So I just thought I'd put some money in. It. Anyway, enough about fucking <laughs> stupid ass Dogecoin. Yeah. Maybe maybe by the time this episode comes out, Dogecoin's just like nobody will be talking or nobody will be talking about it anymore. Maybe. Or nobody will be talking about it. Maybe it's just dead. Yeah. So We'll see. <laughs> uh, before before we get into uh your art and stuff i just want to get this out the way okay um clyde is genuinely one of my favorite fucking fairy artists <laughs> on twitter and on like as in fairy artists as a whole Aww. his art is just under the level it's uh, when it comes to how what i enjoy in art obviously some people enjoy other stuff you know art subjective etc but what i love is when people take something like anthropomorphism like fairy stuff and create such a unique concept and just, like, make it look something not just, you know, animal characters. You make it look so fucking cool with, like, all these different, like, textures and all these things. So, basically, I I, I fucking fanboy over your work, like, so much. And that's when when you applied, I was like, holy shit, like, oh, my God, I messaged my girlfriend. I was like, no fucking way, like, one of my favorite fairy artists, like, wants to be on the podcast. So, I wanted to get that, like fanboy shit out the way so we can like okay. go in depth but basically i'm very happy that i was able to get you on the show and able to talk to you about this stuff because i'm a massive fan of your work thank you and yeah i just really appreciate you being on here so oh, thanks man there you we go blush <laughs> <laughs> so you know I'll, I'll i'll stop talking now if you want to just maybe introduce yourself what kind of stuff you make and then we can just go into it just chill oh shit okay well i don't know how far back i should go i'm <laughs> like one of those i've been drawing all my life kinds of mm-hmm. artist bitches but like uh i i did go to uh i did go to art school i went for mm-hmm. animation i got my bfa in animation that's um, awesome that's, that's <laughs> which is i don't know not really doing anything with that right now but mm-hmm. i've been i've been a little bit back and forth throughout my life on uh like what I want to do with my art. I've always loved storytelling, so that was still there with animation. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I was making films and stuff, and I was still getting to tell stories. Um, yeah. I was just a little bit more uh, like music video centric at that time. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a, a little childhood dream of mine was to make music videos for the songs that I liked. Um, yeah. And I was I was making that work a little bit uh, here and there after I graduated, but mm-hmm. it's a uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of finding maybe it's not it's not for me. Animation uh, takes a very long time, and I find oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I just find that uh, when I'm working on it, I'll really enjoy it for the beginning portion. But then when it comes to deadlines and uh, 
just like getting into the meat of it, um, it just becomes really drudging after a while. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe it's something I'll revisit later on. But um, mm-hmm. right now, I'm just like, I don't know, this past after graduation year has really been about me trying to get back to my roots and my mm-hmm. roots as just like a straight up storyteller. And I actually didn't draw furries for like the majority of my time at college. Yeah. Um, and I had kind of been a furry before then. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was exposed to the the concept of furry when I was on DeviantArt when I was probably like 10 or something <laughs> like that. So it's classic. Yeah, yeah, so I had been drawing dogs and stuff for a long time. And then I mm-hmm. went to college, um, you know, to do art semi-professionally. And I was, yeah. I think I was embarrassed about it or something. And I mean, mm-hmm. I also just like had these human characters that came up sort of naturally and I guess I just didn't feel the need to work with furry stuff that much anymore. But mm-hmm. but after I did all that and I graduated and I got really sick of those characters that I'd been working with all throughout college, mm-hmm. um, I was just I was just thought it was time for a return to form, um, which also weirdly enough came from uh, me getting into uh, my favorite artist, which I've men- mentioned before, Ty Siegel, uh, mm-hmm. and his stuff's really like. It really feels really 60s, 70s to me, and that's mm-hmm. also, like, in my early adolescence, I was listening to mostly classic rock, which was another thing that I, like, avoided, like, the plague when I was in college, because I'm like, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, through, like, getting into him again, it made me want to listen to a lot of the old stuff that I used to listen to, and tangentially, I started, like, getting interested in my old characters and drawing mm-hmm. furries again, um, so... That's where I'm at now. I yeah. kind of repurposed one of my first personas and made him into a character and sort of organically just came up with a bunch of other characters to fit into a story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm writing a comic. <laughs> and, I know, it's uh, like you got so much stuff going on. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I mean yeah. <laughs> going back to the yeah, going back to the animation stuff. Yeah. Um I was I obviously I can see your kind of roots there when I you sometimes post like gifs yeah. or like looping stuff. I still like and animating to, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. but it's like I'll I'll do bite sized stuff now because yeah. I, I still enjoy the process but not just like not not mm-hmm. the long form like 5 minute video type stuff yeah. things. But it's mm-hmm. you know it's still a medium that I really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting you say you want to you know well you wanted to originally animate for like music videos or like make something yeah. like coinciding with music. Because I'm like exactly the same. So my end goal, or my dream job is to, obviously I do film at university. I want to be able to be a music video director. Oh, I think that's yeah. something I would fucking love to do. Yeah. Because I have so many, I just listen to music and I think music's a massive inspiration. I mean, you've, I mean, you. I'm not gonna be like, you know me forever. <laughs> you remember when I like, you, I first talked to you about my commission. Yeah. And yeah. I sent you like this massive thing of like, base it on this album, please. And then, you know, so I do a lot of, commissions based on the kind of music i listen to and the media i kind of consume yeah and it's exactly the same for like when i want to make films i'll listen to music and i'll be like i can think of a really fucking cool music video to this or yeah like this would be good in this soundtrack and so i do understand where you're coming from with wanting to kind of make something based on you know another form of media yeah no i i totally get that i feel like we're in the the same brain space there Mm because i uh i'm obviously just like a visual artist but i don't think that I would be a visual artist if music did not exist and I didn't have the relationship yeah, with music yeah, that I do. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't like entirely inspire everything that I do, but it has greatly informed a lot of my work for sure. Um, I yeah. time and time again, I say I would not have come up with this uh, the world of this comic and a lot of the the traits mm-hmm. of the characters were it not for Ty Siegel's music. Because um, mm-hmm. another thing is like I don't I wouldn't say I have like synthesizer or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I do experience music really visually and. Um, sometimes it's just colors, but sometimes it's like places, uh, like really vivid images of places or like moving things. And a lot of the, the things that I've seen, like listening to Ty, I have used for my comic, like to, to a T, I was like, this Mm -hmm. is great. It feels so vivid. It feels so real. And I know how I can fit this into like a storyline. So yeah, I definitely would not be able to make all the things that Makes I do up without music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm exactly the same. Sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't be a fairy if I didn't, you know, send these commission things. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be listening to this music or this album and I'll be like, this would be really good. Like represents an art piece, but I can't draw for shit. So <laughs> I was about to send it to somebody. Yeah. And sometimes I, without my commissions, I wouldn't be a fairy. That's how I became a fairy. I remember I was listening to like, I'm like really not into Brockhampton as much as I am anymore, but I remember one of my first commission I ever did was based off of an album, like Saturation 2, and I was listening to it, and I was like, you know what, I'm thinking about an outfit based on this, and I'm thinking of, like, some sort of dog, like, being really mischievous, mm-hmm. like, has a mischievous face, because that's the kind of feel I get from the album, mm-hmm. and I obviously sent that kind of mood board to the artist, and then they portrayed that perfectly, yeah. and I was like, that is the way it goes. Yeah. It's so much, yeah, inspiration behind music. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's jump. Let's jump right into the main, you know... The main focus that you got right now, which is obviously making your comic strip and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so you sent obviously you sent me that um page of all the stuff and I mean it's incredible, like the amount of detail and the amount of kind of backstory. I love that kind of thing. And it's I love um this'll link to the album choice, but I love small town kind of Oh yeah. I don't know if you can say it's like a coming of age story that you have going on. Uh, but yeah, you've got, I, you know, yeah. primarily kind of young yeah, characters. I, I, would, you know, I would absolutely, I would definitely say you could call it that. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of inevitable when you're dealing with characters who are in their mid twenties or their early twenties, mm-hmm. rather. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, when we're talking about the album Puberty, that's what it is. It's you know yeah. transition from being a child into being an adult, pretty much. I yeah, I just threw that that page together this morning, and I thought I was being pretty brief Wait, with it. Yeah, yeah. Did you? I did. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you just had that on your website. It's just like a general thing. You no. fucking did that this morning. Yeah. Oh, that's that's dope. Well, I mean, like I've had I've had this stuff, and I've 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 written like synopsises plenty of times, mm-hmm. and I've been working on the script and all. So it's not like I just came up with that all right now. I just you know put it all together in one place. Yeah. Um, and I. It's awesome. I uh, I should probably make that public eventually because I haven't said anything yeah. about it on my social media. But I've been mm-hmm. kind of holding off on talking about the comic stuff too much just because uh, I don't know. I don't, I I never want to get myself mm-hmm. too hyped up on something I'm working on yeah. and like be like, look what I did, and then I get like a bunch of dopamine from people being like, oh, that's cool, that's and then so I don't want to cool. lose the drive or anything like that, you know. Mm. Um, I think I, I feel like that's what I'm like with this podcast because like <laughs> I've only taken like one one week break yeah. and it's because everybody's like this episode's really good and I'm like yeah I gotta keep going <sighs> you know get an audience and I'm just like yeah. also got a uni degree and a retail right, job right. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on and also like it's it's not bad to take breaks from stuff I've 
No, definitely not. I think at this point I've taken a, at least one or two breaks from working on this project at all, mm-hmm. like uh, probably like a month or so long, but mm-hmm. I keep coming back to it, which is good. And also mm-hmm. at the point where I'm at with like the script and everything, I feel like I'm in it enough where like I don't see myself being able to like not uh, like to fall out Pursue of interest, it. you know? Yeah. I'm just like, that's, that, yeah. it's what I do every day. And like, I, I never feel like, even yeah. if I don't have the, like the drive to work on it, I'm still thinking about it all the mm-hmm. time or I'm researching stuff mm-hmm. for it. So I don't yeah. think it's going away at this point. So maybe it'll be safe for me to start talking about it more. <laughs> well, I remember when you announced it like quite a while back. Yeah. And I remember just thinking it would be a perfect kind of concept for you this is just me personally again bringing up like the fanboy shit but, like, <laughs> i just remember you posted like a, a updated reference sheet for kilroy i think yeah and it was like really really detailed not just with the stuff in his pocket or like mm-hmm. this is the outfit or this is where he where, where he lives it was like this is how he got his red eye oh this yeah is what this happens and i was like yeah and i was like this is the kind of shit that <laughs> would be perfect in a comic because there's so much kind of I guess law. Like, yeah. There's so much stuff to unpack, right. so much detail put behind everything, oh, and it's yeah. just something that would be perfect in a kind of comic situation, like you know, yep. kind of a story. That's so. uh, that's that was the intention. Even when I haven't been writing, like actively writing mm-hmm. stories, uh, all the 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 art that I make of my characters is somehow connected mm-hmm. to a story. You know, that's mm-hmm. probably just existing in my head and maybe not written down, mm-hmm. but I can't not make story-driven art, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know why this reminds you of this, but your character, Rhett, right? I mean, it might just because I've been fucking watching Punch Drunk Love so many times, but I don't know why, but looking at him, he just reminds you of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really don't fucking know why. I haven't seen I, that movie, so I can't confirm or deny this and i'm not really <laughs> familiar with this man uh philip seymour hoffman's dope he's so cool he's like he's, one he's, of these people he's, he's i passed away now definitely days, know but i don't he's in um he's in hunger Games. oh fuck dude uh wasn't he in boogie nights yeah yeah he's in, Bo- I, yeah, he's in boogie i just nights, watched yeah. that movie last night and he was like Holy the character shit. he played was my favorite character in that movie well um <laughs> paul thomas anderson the guy who directed yeah. boogie nights also directed uh punch drunk love no which is shit. a film that i yeah to film i covered on the podcast a few episodes back but oh, it's fuck. so funny because that film was obviously suggested by my guest yeah and now it is one of my favorite films of all time <laughs> like it's it was incredible i loved it and i think all of my friends all we, we well i've shouted to, i think i've shouted them out before but me and my friends have like a film night we call the cryptids shout out the cryptids <laughs> uh we we talk about paul thomas anderson's films because all film students talk about before paul thomas yeah. anderson all the time and i'm like punch drunk loves his best film and they're like matthew you haven't watched any of his other fucking films <laughs> and they're all they literally all say boogie nights is paul thomas anderson's best film and they find it absolutely phenomenal <laughs> so it is really yeah. fucking good i mm-hmm. like i heard the uh my roommate told me about it and she was describing the premise and was like well that sounds right up my alley but I don't know. I usually like things that are not that fun and kind of bleak, but I fucking loved mm-hmm. that movie. And I really yeah. like how the ending like pays off in a kind of happy way because there's a lot of yeah. moments where I was like, ah, no, I don't like the way these <laughs> characters are being treated. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to check it out. But yeah, so good. Uh, Rhett just reminds me a little bit of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't know why, but you just did. Well, I'm going to have to watch, I'm going to have to watch Punch, Dr- Punch Drunk Love then because like, yeah. man, any... He's good in Punch Drunk Love, yeah. I, I, anytime i can see media where i'm like i can compare a character to one of mine it helps me feel like 
I can develop them further in that direction or just mm-hmm. like see them more yeah. realistically. So definitely, definitely going to check that out. Um, yeah, 100%. So the kind of like concept of, do you want to kind of jump? Because we've just been talking about little elements of like characters yeah. and like it being set. So do you want to maybe give a bit of a synopsis of what your comics, what, what your comics going to be about or yeah. your characters and stuff? I mean, um, like to put it very, very simply, it's a story about the series of murders that take place in a small town in Indiana in the summer of 1973. Um, Mm. So that's kind of what everything is based around. But the Mm. main character is Mary. She's a chihuahua. (laughs) Um, Mm. And she's uh, 23 years old at the time. And that's where the kind of uh, uh, coming of age type thing comes in where... She's uh she hasn't gone to college. Um, her thing is being in a, a band. She's a drummer in an all girl group called Lackadaisy That's Junction, cool. and she's kind of torn between wanting to get famous off of her music. You know, nothing too lavish. She's uh she's more of like a, a Neil Young type rocker. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. She doesn't play the guitar, but she desperately desperately wants to learn it and make kind of like folk music and stuff like that. Um. Mm-hmm. But she also uh, works at her dad's auto shop, and her dad very much wants to pass that down to her. And mm-hmm. she has like a great relationship with her dad, and she doesn't want to let him down and stuff like that. So there's a bit of mm-hmm. confliction there with um, how she's going to move forward. And yeah, the town that this all takes place in, Collegeville, is I described it as a small town. It's very much so that the population is tiny there's not really much going on there they only have one music venue and it kind of most of the characters feel very stuck there and like whatever they're they're already doing is kind of they feel like that's the only thing they will ever be able to do yeah so a lot of the youth has dreams of getting out of collegeville um Mm -hmm. but they they don't seem very uh very likely um for instance to do so yeah yeah um, for instance, Kilroy is a is one Kilroy. of those characters who he's a little bit older than uh, the the other main characters. He's like in his mm-hmm. late twenties, um, and he's kind of past the point of thinking that he can leave Collegeville and make something of himself. So he's just kind of like mm-hmm. making life really hard for everyone around him <laughs> because he's upset about how his life turned out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be a bit of a drama there's some dramatic mm-hmm. things that happen there's a bit of a subplot where um yeah. mary is uh she has a slight psychic ability mm-hmm. which I, I i mentioned to you earlier that a lot of the stuff in this comic is formed uh informed by my own lived experience and mm-hmm. um yeah i get like for most of my life i've had deja vu and oh okay mm-hmm. like to to an, an eerie extent um mm-hmm. where sometimes i've had dreams that have i mean i didn't remember them but then when mm-hmm. something happened in real life i was like oh i had a dream earlier that this exact thing oh, happened and if like mm-hmm. i feel so like cool. i feel like if that skill or whatever was just a little bit more honed than i maybe could see things happen before they actually yeah. happen but it's just that's like mine. yeah oh, but it's just like yeah. so so fuzzy that i'm not there um mm-hmm. so i kind of wrote that into her um yeah. where she's like she has it mm-hmm. but it's it's not it's not honed to what it could be so she has a lot of mm-hmm. like um not prophetic but she has a lot of dreams that um predict things that are about to happen or give Mm -hmm. her information about things that are happening um in an abstract way 
it's that's, that's such a such an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I mean, scrolling through all this stuff, and I mean, I know I'm already personally a fan of your work, but I think what you've got here is just. I just think you have so much potential with it, and I was just thinking, obviously, looking at the example pages that you got up as well. Mm. I would easily. I get really bummed out sometimes when I see something I really like, whether it be like an art print or something, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh, it's from America, I have to pay like loads of shipping and customs. <laughs> but I'm not even joking here. I know I'm already a fan of your work, but if you like made a comic book or a zine mm-hmm. and you want, and it was like, in, it was like a, you know, a individual more kind of individually kind of distributed thing that like you didn't go through a company or whatever, I would genuinely pay the fucking customs to get that because... <laughs> I would love to have like a physical copy yeah, of it. Dude. And I think again, going through so many the the way that obviously I don't I know jack shit about art and all this like extra stuff, but the textures that you use you, there was that remember that time that you made that like um printout thing or that of all your characters and descriptions? Oh yeah. And everybody was like, Oh yeah, this is such so like the art's really cool and I was like, the art's really cool, but I like how you've got like a paper crease yeah. in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just love that kind of stuff. <laughs> it looks really raw and just, I don't know, oh, I just really, I love it. That's all, like, yeah, that's all the intention. I mean, the mm-hmm. only reason I feel like I'm doing that stuff really is because the whole idea is I I, I want this to be a print comic. Um, mm-hmm. Super inspired by like old pulp horror comics and yeah. like a bunch of the stuff is printed on like really flimsy paper and it's all worn out mm-hmm. um i have like a tiny little collection of that stuff myself which is actually that's mostly awesome, mostly just archie comics <laughs> but, that's, that's awesome, <laughs> but uh that's yeah i i i never would consider like making this a web comic because that's just like mm-hmm. it doesn't it's it's not the intention it doesn't feel right to me i love i love print um the i'm print not stuff yeah yeah i'm not the best uh at like keeping up to date with like a lot of comic work i haven't i i've made comics uh locally for a while with a friend of mine cool. and before i started doing that he like gave me a bunch of homework of uh you know indie comics artists uh mm-hmm. who i should know about um to help inform what i was doing and every yeah. time he asked me do you know this person this person this person i'd be like I, i've never read anything i don't know <laughs> and, uh, so i'm still like really bad about that but there is yeah. definitely something to be said for like picking mm-hmm. up a physical book and flipping through it and having oh, yeah. that experience i yeah i fully 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 understand that yeah like, definitely when it comes to me i don't read like like we'll go over the like, anime shit but i don't read manga very often because I used to be a massive weeaboo. I used to be massively <laughs> in anime, but now I'm just like, uh, I don't really watch that much anime. I think the last anime I watched was like Beastars, and that came out ages ago. Yeah. And the only anime that I love, it's one of my favorite pieces of media of all time, is uh, Evangelion. Mm-hmm. So I don't really watch or read a lot of manga, but when I do, and I've been reading Beastars, I obviously been reading the manga, and then my mates are like, "Oh, just just uh, read a PDF online. <laughs> uh, just get it for free." And I'm like, "It's not the same. Right. I wouldn't be." I wouldn't be as enthralled in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's like I'm just using a mouse to scroll and right. read, and it's like obviously it's fine, and I can still you know do it. But there's just something different about having a physical copy of it, like mm-hmm. and just reading it and flicking through it rather than looking at it on a screen. Right. You know, it just I, feels I, nicer. I think I think screens make everything a little bit more grading. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I don't know. 
That's that's also yeah, just mean, part of my thing. I feel like an old man all yeah. the time, but like <laughs> screens, screens, man, the phone no, screen, the computer I, screen, there's so much happening on them. It's so confusing. You could have anything yeah, you want in front mm-hmm. of you at any point in time. And like that's I don't know, when it comes mm-hmm. to like reading or, you know, taking in media, it's just not right for consuming mm-hmm. a lot of media because you yeah. want to be you want to be enthralled in it. You want to be fully absorbed in it. You don't want the yeah. opportunity to get distracted by you know like notifications popping up on your screen. That'll mm-hmm. like totally ruin the experience. Yeah. So no, I totally get that. And I think again, going back to the way that you design the pages of your comic and design some of your art, it is obviously it's lovely and it still has that charm. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much of that charm that can be there with it being digital. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'm like, oh, you know, it's rubbed away and that looks really cool. <laughs> right. and it looks like it's been worn. But I'm like, oh well, I'm wa- looking at this on a screen though. It's not actually worn. But then if I have it, it's a piece of like like a piece of media, physical piece. I'm like, oh, it's worn. It yeah. looks worn away. That's so cool. <laughs> like, it actually could be worn away. Yeah, it's like so, being yeah. being being a digital artist. I guess it's a little bit frustrating for me because like I mm-hmm. love all those physical aspects of art, but like this is the way that I create, and it's the the fastest way for me to create. It's I I know this medium the best. So I feel like right now I'm just trying my hardest to emulate a more physical uh, yeah. way of, like a style of making art um, for mm. the purpose of I I can't make this um, the, the exact way that I want to make it right now. Eventually I will be able to print it and it'll be mm-hmm. closer to what I want it to be. I, I hope yeah. that I don't have to do any of that stuff and post to the pages where, you know, parts are worn away. I My hope is that I get it printed and that people leave them you know, sitting around in their rooms for long enough that they just get worn away like that. Get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's that's the goal. That's what cool. I want to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna. I'm gonna buy one and I'm gonna read it. Just throw it out and in then the I'll rain. I'll put it aside. Yeah, I'll. I'll like. I'll just like put it in a cupboard. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll be like 20, 30 years later. <laughs> I'll be call. I'll be a dog. I'll be gonna be calling you up when you're like in your mid forties. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, Can you remember this comic you made? Like. <laughs> Looks like a piece of shit now, but like that's the that, that that's like you know you wanted it to look like really worn away and stuff. Yeah, so there you go. see, finally, finally, that's <laughs> like that's it's like finally a looks like how I wanted it. to look. <laughs> no, I love it, and I think going back, kind of you know your art in general. I think you have you do have a distinct style, but then again, you have so many different ways of presenting that style. Mm-hmm. Like even just scrolling through the stuff on the page. Yeah. You've got the kind of textured pop art kind of thing mm-hmm. of some of the pages. But then you've also got, you know, that kind of, you obviously got your animations, and then you kind of like little sketch pages of the characters. And then yeah. you've got more like graphic design stuff mm-hmm. with, um, you know, like choppers kind of stuff. And then you've also got like crayon kind of stuff. And I just, yeah. like, I love that, <laughs> that you've got so many different ways of presenting your ideas and you know presenting your kind of creativity in like so many different like you know styles and textures and i think that's why that's why i was again going back to what i was originally saying why i love your work is just because obviously you've got furry stuff and you've got anthropomorphism and that's fantastic but then you do something with that concept that's really unique and that stands out and i think that's why that that's kind of my style of I, artists that I love and artists that I follow is like that's just my kind of obviously I love it I love art in general I love everybody's <laughs> art but yeah. art that stands out of me is that art that really art that is that's really unique yeah yeah and again it's the same thing with music I really like some people are listen to like death grips or like gex or something or other like experimental artists and people will be like oh, I don't really like that kind of stuff and I mean that's fair enough like music's subjective but I like experimental music because it's experimental yeah and it's like you know 
getting a concept and making it different. You're getting like bubblegum pop and all that, mm-hmm. and like screamo and like electronic and like making it different. Oh yeah, in like making a create creating a completely new unique concept, and it's exactly the same thing with your art. So. Right. Yeah. That's no, funny. I've I've been more into experimental music um, before than I am now for sure. But I still like yeah. even in my art experimenting is so so important and what you were talking about with the the different styles with um the different drawings that i that i had on there a lot of the times it's just uh i'll use a certain style for a certain character depending on whether or not that style fits them as a character um like a lot of the it wasn't it wasn't crayon actually it was uh it was oil pastels that i was those those drawings of chopper that i was Mm -hmm. doing and i like those because they they're really like melty and gooey and like messy and they do kind of look like crayons so it's still kind of a little bit like synthetic and and like childlike Mm -hmm. almost which all of those Mm -hmm. things as an amalgamation fit chopper as a character for me so it feels really Mm -hmm. right to to um depict him in that kind of medium um and same thing for like the the pop art kind of looking things for him it's Mm -hmm. it's all about the the repetition and uh yeah and i think yeah i think it's fantastic that you can not only you know present how present your art how you want to present it but present your art in ways that represent your character as well like you were saying with uh, chopper with you know being more childlike kind of representations of using oil pastels Mm -hmm. really it's a fantastic thing to do yeah i mean i'm going i'm I'm good doing a quick scroll for your twitter because there are some pieces i like fucking love so much (laughs) is that one of the um i think it might is it i think it might be kilroy and kilroy's got like it's like a halo, but it isn't a halo. It's made of flies. I fucking love. Oh that yeah, so yeah, much. that that, awesome. that is Roy. Yeah, um, so geez, so that was inspired by an Alice Cooper song called "Halo of Flies," <laughs> but it felt very appropriate for him. Um, I I wanted to talk about certain pieces if you did have any specific questions on them, but Let, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that one is one I can't talk about too much because it um the the reasoning behind it kind of spoils too much. Um, yeah, that's what goes into the comic <laughs> uh yeah it's okay um what about the one i think you posted one and you were like oh i i, I have so much to say about this. is it the one that's the my name is cassandra yeah you told me first one yeah yeah there was such a fantastic i love the facial expression thank like you the, yeah she looks so scared like scared mm-hmm. and you've got all the kind of faces shouting in the background and like you know all oh, the yeah. screaming i just love it that was a stunning that was a really fun one for me um mm-hmm. just like to make something that's so represent uh representative and like dreamlike uh because mm-hmm. that's what it was supposed to be really i do a lot of drawings that are supposed to be like actually depicted from um scenes in the character's reality and then i'll do a couple where it's just like this is supposed to showcase um like who this character is or what they're feeling at mm-hmm. a specific time so this maybe the environment isn't an actual environment that they're in. It's just, you know, a representation. Um, and that's yeah. one of those, jeez, uh, there's a there's a shit ton of stuff I could talk about with mm-hmm. that specific piece, but um, its main inspiration was um, a segment. That's another Alice Cooper thing. I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a really big Alice Cooper fan. <laughs> he, uh, he had a TV special for his record, uh, Welcome to My Nightmare, that was just called Alice Cooper's The Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the song Steven, there's a segment where he's in a room that's like all dark and it's like a hall of mirrors type thing. The song is like a breakdown of his his reality and his identity, kind of. So I was mm-hmm. I was sort of using that there with that piece, just kind of the, the mirrors thing where you see all these different um, 
versions or like expressions of Roy behind him. Yeah. Um, like a really like splitting his uh, personality up into different into different parts. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other uh, inspiration for that was a Richard Kern film called "You Killed Me First. Um, that's where the the title of the piece came from. It's the last line cool. in the film. Um, and that mm-hmm. was just like the main character of that film reminded me so much of Kilroy, just like uh, oh man, down to a T. Because she's just like she's in a family that seems really stuffy and wants her to be a certain way, and she has yeah. an older sister who like they they obviously like a lot more because she's more of like a normal type you know she she mm-hmm. brings home uh, her boyfriend who's like really clean cut and knows how to talk yeah. to their dad and performs femininity correctly <laughs> and all and all this other <laughs> kind of stuff yeah, yeah. and the main character is just like this like punky goth girl who like mm-hmm. every interaction she has with her parents is just her yelling at them and being angry you can tell she's just had a lifetime of being ignored and like ignored, yeah. um neglected kind of neglected thing. not being able to be yeah. herself or yeah when she is being herself that's punished somehow um mm-hmm. so like that that character just that screamed Kilroy to me and um mm-hmm. she also chooses a new name for herself in that movie i don't remember what her birth name is but she mm-hmm. repeatedly throughout the film tells her parents my name's cassandra now call me cassandra and they never do um uh-huh. which is similar to Kilroy also because his actual name is Royal, but he despises that name. So mm-hmm. he calls himself Kilroy and tells everyone to call him Kilroy. Of course, his parents don't ever call him that. Don't call him Kilroy, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, um, we're, yeah. On, we're, on thir- we're on 37 minutes, holy shit. Oh, shit. Okay. I, you know what? I, I kind of just want to say fuck it and like go on to 45 <laughs> on this, even though it would usually be like... Because I just... I just such a big fan of your work. I just want to talk about more in depth. Yeah, dude. I, I don't mind. I... I I still feel like I could I have a lot more to talk mm-hmm. about if you're willing yeah. to. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Um, the piece the I don't know if you, the one where I think it might be Kilroy again. It has like a glass of wine, maybe, and says praise praise beyond to he. Oh yeah, Royal Prince of Gahini. Yeah, I fucking love that. I just don't know. I love the kind of <laughs> again going back to the textures that you use. It's like the it's like not grainy, but it, again it has that print kind of thing. Yeah. And no, then I, you've got like, like different layers and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that I I would I would call that one grainy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that grainy is a bad thing at all. In, in any oh no, sense. not at all, not at all. No. <laughs> I love the kind of blend mode that you've put on the text as well oh, on yeah. the bottom text. Yeah, because obviously you can still see the outline of the art, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously it still stands out as like a piece of text, which I really like as well. Yeah, um, I uh, I like I like to do that a lot in pieces mm-hmm. where. Um, just like see how like faded and distorted you can get colors to look in a piece where it's kind of hard to tell what's going on, but if you really look, yeah. you can still see, you can make out what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, definitely what I was trying to do with that one a lot. And uh, that was, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if you know of Gehenna or the history of what that means in Christianity, but um, so like they never mention hell in the bible actually oh, by okay. name oh really okay yeah mm-hmm. i th- that was news to me uh it's like <laughs> i don't know i i was raised i was raised methodist actually but like mm-hmm. my, my most of my family was catholic um okay so like i 
grew up with ideas of what Christianity was and what God was and what all the beliefs were, and I thought that mm. hell was a part of that. I'd never really read the Bible myself until mm -hmm. recently I started reading it, and yeah, I was really surprised to find that there was no mention of it, and mm -hmm. the the closest they ever get to mentioning hell is the mention of the Valley of Gehenna, which is... It's described as something similar to hell, where it's just, like, a really awful place where people are banished to and they can't mm -hmm. return from. But yeah. it doesn't have the same, like, you go there when you die and then you mm -hmm. suffer eternally until until Revelation or whatever. It doesn't have any mm -hmm. of that, but okay. it's, it's the closest thing. And, yeah. of course, Roy would know about that. He has he was... forcefully... <laughs> Both forcefully and on his own volition, read the Bible Bible several times. because yeah. um, he's the he's the son of he he's the Catholic, the, yeah so. he's the son of the pastor um, yeah at the the Catholic church there, which is mm -hmm. like the the main church um, that funds most of the the schools in Collegeville. Mm -hmm. So I mean he's he's very familiar with that, and after he kind of rejects Christianity, he embraces everything that christianity is against so gehenna is just kind of this figure for him that like he wants to embody right mm -hmm. um that's why i call him the the prince of gehenna <laughs> that's, that's awesome and it's again so much thought put behind like characters and stuff and i love when people kind of build something of that as well oh, man. and i think just going through your pieces like more your pieces it definitely gives off. I mean, you've got Collegeville set in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of your pieces remind me of like 70s kind of like, I don't know, just a 70s kind of aesthetic and like pop art. And yeah, I mean, the Hello, the Hello, I Love You one. I don't know. It just seems very 70s to me. <laughs> like awesome. the, the kind of style of the text and the style mm -hmm. of the blocking of the piece as well. I just really like it again i'm glad um, i'm glad that it's mm -hmm. working i i really yeah i i try to put a lot of thought into it and i try to study up and um you know put my own twist on it of course but yeah, um, yeah definitely. I, I i i love to pull from real life and history and you know mm -hmm. it's the idea of making something that um like seems like it could have came from that era but it mm -hmm. features like my characters and a story of mine is really exciting to me so yeah. that is what i try to do a lot of the time um yeah. i also have like a minimal interest in like graphic design i'm terrible can, yeah. at graphic design but there is like a lot of graphic design conventions from that time period that i just think are amazing so I i'm i'm trying to study up on it <laughs> i mean you say you, you like have minimal thing graphic design but i think the way you do it looks really nice. And I mean, such simple concepts can be, I would say uh, it's really good graphics. I mean, looking at the one where you have um, Kilroy and uh, is it his girlfriend? And there's the music, like the, the sound waves underneath. And it's like, here I sit, uh, guns in my hand. Oh, yeah. To make our plans. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a really good example of like uh, unique graphic design. And I mean, all your pieces have really cool graphic design. I mean... I mean, me for me, I, I like graphic design, but I'm not a graphic design person. I mean, me, I'm like graphic design's my passion. I'm like the classic <laughs> meme where like somebody copied it, copies and pastes something and makes it look like shit on purpose. Yeah. And, like, that's my graphic <laughs> design. Like, I like make it so like thingy stretched out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that, that's that's your style um, though. That's that's still yeah. like a thing. Um, I, I just feel. Know, like... I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the piece that 
that you did, and I was like, I want a poster of this. I can't. <gasps> yes, it's this one. It's this one. Fuck. Holy fucking shit! Which it's this one. one is it? The, you brought us to your g- gift of generosity. Oh yeah. And also, I was like, I want that as a fucking A one poster in my room, like a twenty four <laughs> by thirty six film poster in my fucking room. It looks Damn. incredible. Oh, I, thank I you. love that so much. I love, <laughs> I love like, uh, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, but I love the kind of style of uh like you know like satanic goats kind of thing i love yeah. that kind of shit yeah i love um i've got like a frasher t-shirt with like the satanic goat on it and, uh, <laughs> i fucking love that shit so much and it looks so awesome <laughs> Thank you. i don't know I, that that piece and i love it, it it seems very uh oh it's like it it looks like a fairy tale kind of thing with like yeah the, yeah the wavy border of uh vines and trees mm-hmm. and Again, it but it also looks like a like a, it could be a tarot card or something. Oh like, yeah! It just looks oh fucking fuck yeah! Awesome. All of this, I love it. Yeah, I mean, these are all things that I was like trying to pull from and things that I've inspired by. Mm. So it was supposed to be really like storybooky, um, mm. in like a kind of sweet, innocent way. I felt like, or what felt like sweet and innocent to me, because like yeah. I don't know that piece. That piece came from a, a place of love, um, mm-hmm. in uh, in my in my personal experience. So. I uh, thought, like, you know, decorating it with, like, a, a border that was really ornate and I spent a lot of time on and then just, like, going going into the processing and, like, the colors and just, like, mm-hmm. every every little piece got something um, special. And, yeah, yeah I yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you like that one, though. I, I think mm-hmm. I may try to, um, like, get that as a print and sell mm-hmm. those eventually because I, I, would, I would buy that shit in an instant trust. I, I don't know... If I have mentioned this to you yet, but I am planning on opening a shop soon. I've been That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've been getting things together to sell mm-hmm. for it. Um, mm-hmm. so within the next month or so, hopefully, I'll yeah. be opening it up. <laughs> I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely sell that. I mean, I I also really like um, there's a piece of there's a kind of I think you you wrote a little part in the tweet about the kind of law behind it, but. Mm-hmm. The essentially that like blood brothers kind of thing that Kilroy and his girlfriend are doing. Oh yeah. When he has yeah, when he has the knife, uh, and he's like cut a bit of his like cut thing of his hand. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff as well. I love that. Um, I'm just trying to kind of go through your pieces. Okay, <laughs> I want it. The one that intrigues me is I don't know if it's like a oh free like you've got your free occurring themes in your in your work. The one where Kilroy's tied to a chair and is blindfolded. Oh yeah, and he's happy. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything? Is there, is that is that a deep thing or is that just like a cool kind of? I mean, like so I have to think about the inspiration, the song inspiration mm-hmm. for that, which was mm-hmm. it was a Ty Siegel song. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. Ty Siegel and White Fence, actually. A song is called Easy mm-hmm. Rider. Um, and that song, to me, is just, like, loaded with ideas of paranoia and, like, man, what? The lyrics are, like, don't watch TV, don't go to sleep, uh, don't follow <laughs> cues and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Don't <laughs> don't close your eyes, don't wash your clothes, all this shit. And... Mm-hmm. Um, but it like it sounds so like summery and peaceful and like you're just yeah. cruising and like I don't know that I feel like that just sort of fits Kilroy for me because he's uh he's a very paranoid individual but he's also very comfortable in that like he's come mm-hmm. to terms with the fact that he views the world that way and he's yeah. just sort of apathetic to it at this point so mm-hmm. you could say he's being held hostage by like the ideals of the society around him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's got no um he doesn't have a fight in him 
to 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 free himself from it anymore. He's yeah. he's almost at peace with the fact that he's stuck there, and it doesn't really matter to him anymore. Yeah, you see it, yeah. So that's kind of oh, what's going God. on there. Yeah, I think again, just I think you've created a set aesthetic for yourself. Like I'll look at a piece and I'll be like, oh, that's that's done, that's done by Tevin, that's done by Clyde. Like <laughs> I know that is like you've you've had like you have like a set style and a set aesthetic. But then you do so much with it. I just, I don't know. I just love it. I think it's incredible. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Steve. I was not joking when like, I say like you are one of my like favorite artists because I think you bring something so new and interesting. And I remember seeing your work and I was like, oh, it's fucking dope as shit. I need a commission from this person. And I did. I got one. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So I definitely recommend everybody. I mean, we're gonna do all the plugging at the end anyway. But right. please check out Clyde's stuff. I mean his Twitter and his fucking Patreon. Like, I don't want to be like a fanboy. I'm probably going to, you know, I found, I was looking for your stuff and I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, throw some Patreon money on away, you know. But, That'd um, be sweet, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just check out his stuff, honestly, because obviously I can't be like, check out the comic and all that because obviously I think you're going to be releasing that over time. And, you oh, know, yeah. It's, but it's once a that, one, Yeah. But once that kind of, you know, is ready to be publicly released and publicly, you know, shown off, please you know support it because i think people i mean it's not just your work but a lot of artists work that people don't understand how much fucking time and effort to put into so much yeah. stuff so definitely <laughs> check out some stuff and i mean we're on 50 fucking minutes of oh, just shit. talking about your art wish, which is mad this is usually 10 minutes away but i mean i don't mind i'm gonna have this a long episode because i i don't know i i'd fuck it we're gonna make a long episode so. <laughs> all right well i mean we should yeah. probably still move on anyway <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna move on now but yeah like <laughs> That was fucking fantastic. Yeah, so thanks. We will move on now to the uh, album choice of this week, which was uh, Puberty's self-titled album. Yes. You guessed it. Puberty. Yes. <laughs> this is this is fucking stupid. So I put ST... And I was like, what is this ST shit? Like, I can't find it anywhere. Oh my god. And I was like, oh my god, it stands for self-titled. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have like a lot of stuff to say about this. But I wanted to first of all just come off and ask you, mm. how the hell did you find out about this album? Because <laughs> I looked at it on Spotify. I mean, yeah. you sent me a band camp link and that's yeah. fine and stuff. But I looked at it, I was seeing it on Spotify. I was like, oh, it's on Spotify as well. And I looked at it and like, every every uh, song on it is like sub 10k plays i'm like this is fucking underground <laughs> so how do you know about this artist just to, to jump it off i do you know about this album it's 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 i think it's very predictable of me the way that i found it is i was on uh i was on ebay looking for ty siegel albums you know to buy on vinyl uh because mm-hmm. i like to buy them secondhand and um, i'm an ebay freak but uh <laughs> somebody posted a listing for this record on vinyl and it came up in the search because after after writing puberty and self-titled and the record label mm-hmm. they wrote a bunch of names of uh different artists who i don't i don't know maybe they are like tangentially related yeah tangentially related to each I other because i saw like the part like the it was at the intelligence or something before yeah i was looking they, at, yeah they they worked uh I think they played in The Intelligence, which uh, Ty also played in, which, you know, I didn't realize that until way later either. But, um, like, so they were related, and they were put in the, the title of that eBay listing, and I saw that album, and I was like, whoa, that, that album cover's really fucking cool. 
Um, and I considered for a moment just buying it without even listening to it, just because, you know, I was like, well, anything that's related mm-hmm. to Ty, I probably like. Um, yeah. But I didn't. Uh, I just ended up, like, pulling it up later and listening to it on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of listens, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy this on vinyl now. I should have done that to begin with. Oh, so yeah, good. I was thinking of buying it on vinyl as well because, you know, spoilers, I fucking loved it. Uh, yeah. I think it's similar to kind of music I, I listen to like that isn't because i'm a heavy like rap or hip-hop oriented kind of person but mm-hmm. obviously i listen to other stuff like 100 gex and all that yeah and then but there are there is a side of me that also likes kind of like grungy like is it would you say it's like garage rock kind of oh thing? totally like, yeah. yeah 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 and i was like you know what i would love to support like a small kind of creator so yeah so maybe buying the vinyl if they still have them would be interesting i mean i think they have them on the band camp so yeah i'll um... go through yeah, anyway, so no, you, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't even know if they're still, like, a working group anymore. I had the yeah. impression that this was just, like, a single project that they made together, and they're not doing it, it was, anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the description of the thing, because they're, like they're, like, a duo, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so I'll start off by saying, linking back to your work on Collegeville, mm-hmm. this uh, album itself gave me a really like interesting feel of like a quiet woodland town oh i don't know like is a sense of like mysteriousness it reminded me of like i kind of instantly linked it to like twin peaks or night in the woods i don't know it just reminded me of like list if i listen the song moonlight and invitations like especially yes had those kind of connotations like especially invitations is like it feels like mysterious but upbeat it's hard hard to explain but Mm -hmm. i just instantly felt like it could be the soundtrack or like if they had instrumental versions like if i heard that on twin peaks or if i heard that on night in the woods i would not bat an eyelid because it just fits that kind of you know aesthetic a lot totally oh man the opening track was just just that instrumental that kind of like sneaky sounding uh that could totally be on twin mm-hmm. peaks and what i love that about that shit is the ending mm-hmm. track the last track yep. reverts back to that like the same yeah. kind of chord progression and then it cuts off and then if you loop the album it just sounds like one long <laughs> song like loop yes. over and over again if you know what i mean like it ends on those that yes. chord progression and stops then the first track starts again, so it's like that whole, whole thing all over again, which I absolutely love. So. Yes, that's that's one of my favorite conventions and albums. Is uh, like one of my favorite bands, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, does that I a really lot. I really need to check them out. Yeah, they're so good. But they have a few albums where like they were literally meant to be replayed like over and over and over again. The last song on the album will morph perfectly into the first one, so you could mm-hmm. literally listen to it forever. Yeah. I love that so much. Because yeah. <laughs> if it's good Ar- enough. Yeah. If mm-hmm. it's good enough, you don't want it to ever end. <laughs> my my friend Aaron, shout out to Aaron. Like he he loves Kingers and Lizard Wizard, and he always fucking goes on about them. And yeah. it's not it's not like my kind of music, so I like always set it aside. But I think it would be something I would appreciate at least, especially if I if I enjoyed this album. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean I would at least give like one of their records a listen yeah, just for the hell actually. of it. And <laughs> I think the song Parties gave me very I don't know. Have you heard of like Waves? Like Waves are two. Oh yeah. yeah, I used to be really into Waves. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> waves is. Uh, I used to be really fucking into Waves. King of the Beach is like <laughs> one of my like f- like favorite albums ever. I love oh, it yeah. so much. Got on vinyl. I've got V on vinyl. I I haven't really been listening to the most recent stuff. Obviously, King of the Beach came out like 2010. I used to listen to that. Yeah. So. But yeah. parties gave me kind of. I was listening to it and I was like, this is like sounds very Waves esque. Like, I kind yeah. of like that. Uh, totally. Kind of like surf rock kind of thing. It has um, that it has that surf rock element 
and it also has that like waves to me was i i was into them when i was a, a teenager and they're a very teenage band to me yeah it's just definitely. like being a kid you're like fuck everything i'm just gonna go outside. i'm gonna go smoke I'm gonna do my gonna go thing. smoke weed yeah on the beach <laughs> yeah <and> skate <laughs> exactly that's uh that's that's just totally embodying this yeah. album a lot um i just think this album is a little bit more like has a little bit more death heavy themes mm-hmm. uh interlocked into that but it's also in kind of like a fun apathetic way you yeah know? <laughs> i yeah i really liked it i think my favorite song on it was probably teenage death uh, oh, I mean, I think that's the one with like the most plays anyway. But I like yeah. Teenage Jeff, and I also liked uh, Nature Calls as well. I oh, really yeah. like how it was really hard hitting Nature Calls. Like, it was very, you know, Nature Calls like really loud, like really like I just love yes, that. Yes. I think it's a fantastic, and like obviously it wasn't. It was the uh, there's a word for it, but it's the it's the song. Is it penultimate? Like the song before the last song. Basically, I felt mm, it was yeah. very loud to go towards the uh, like towards to go to the end of the album like. Mm-hmm. like finishing with a big punch and yeah. then you've got the final song which is more you know a, like a quiet you know closer to right, then right. going back into the normal like the chord progression at the beginning of the album then we'll loop again so i think it was mm-hmm. a really good like really well you know uh structured in terms of what songs came first what songs came Absolutely. last kind of thing yeah yeah that was that was like a really great way mm-hmm. to end the album and also like oh shit what we were just talking about nature calls mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's one of those songs on the album i feel like Every one, um, every couple of songs, at least, there's an idea that they're kind of rebelling against, and mm. nature calls is the idea that like everybody loves nature and going outside. It's like it's human nature to like the outdoors, and in this song, <laughs> they're just like nature called, and I hung up, and they're just talking about being in the city and how much they love being in the city. Yeah. It reminds me of the song like Hate, which is just like all you need is hate, which is like the antithesis of the hippie love generation. All you need is love, kind of thing. Yeah. I just, it's so snotty and so, like, stupid, and I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that, it's like t- tapping that thing of, it's so, like, it's such a dickish thing, but I love that it's so dickish kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's fucking teenage, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would say th- there was a really nice transition between Haunt My Trash and a Teenage Jeff. Um, mm. Again, I don't think there was smooth transitions throughout all the songs, and that's fine, like, you don't have to do that as an album, yeah. but... I did appreciate that there was nice transitions between each of the songs. I mean, this is like completely contrasting kind of genre music, but uh, one album that I really like, which is by Bryce and Tiller, is like Trap Soul. It's like sexy R&B kind of shit. Oh, nice. uh, that, like, there's just transitions throughout that entire album, and I love that. Yeah. But, oh, no, we love a good transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think probably my least favorite song, if we're going to get into gripes, I mean, I still liked it. Like, Coke Machines was just, I don't know. Mm. I think it was just the vocals were very too, like, I don't know. The vocals felt a tiny bit annoying to me. Just the <laughs> way that it went. But, I mean, yeah. this is just this is just me trying to get picks. I mean, some of the songs did, did feel a little bit samey. But, again, I'd say this every single fucking time when I talk about something. I'm trying to, like, say, some of the songs felt samey. I'm like, yeah, because that's the entire <laughs> point of a fucking album is to, like, you know, have, a, have the same feel of, in right. genre of a record. So right, I, it, that's a very, theme. very minor thing. And I think that just goes back to my kind of taste in music is, I obviously, I love albums and I love things that coincide with each other. But at the same time, I like it when albums are experimental and there's different yeah. feels and different kind of, you know, listens yeah. to... You like, like, a, you like a variety too. Yeah. Yeah, so. and I, I definitely like a variety to myself, mm-hmm. but the, definitely one of the things that I appreciate a lot about this album is how much of like a vacuum it feels like. It really just exists within itself, mm-hmm. and 
I think it sounding very similar throughout the whole way is a big yeah. part of that. It's just like, you want to take a trip back to the 60s when you're just like a punk-ass teenager? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, I always yeah. want to do that. <laughs> this is again going back to... It, it, I say, like, if I listened to this in night, if I heard this song in Night in the Woods, I wouldn't buy an eyelid. But yeah. if you had this as some sort of like, I don't know, this is like such a weird concept. But if, for example, if you had your comic as some sort of like story audio book and you had this song in the background, <laughs> I would just be like, this is, this is like, or if you had like a an animated, let, let, this is like big thing, that like if you had like an animated scene of, you know, um, fucking, I'm going back to the names. Is it Rhett? Is it Rhett? I don't know. Who are you? Yeah. Like, who? yeah. Yeah. So if you had yeah. like an animated scene of like Rhett in the bar or whatever, or like the music venue, oh, and in yeah. the background you had like diegetic music of, yeah. you know, something from puberty, I would mm-hmm. be like, I'm that this fits so well, you know, this kind of, again, yeah. it feels really upbeat, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like cryptic. It's like super interesting. I yes, love that. And yes, again, yes. this idea, it just, in my head, like, again, this is me, it like, imagery connotating with how i feel about the album is it gives me this idea of like a quiet small town kind of thing and like Mm. that's a bit mysterious so i love it it's great it's fantastic yeah i I do feel like this album in a way has also been one of those ones that inform my my comic writing because it feels Mm -hmm. very in line with like what i'm trying to talk about Mm -hmm. in it so Definitely. Yeah, yeah, glad you picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome how you found out about it through, uh, through <laughs> trying to look up different vinyls on eBay. That's it's fucking awesome. eBay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to think of anything else I can really say about it. I mean, I just, I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it was because it was, I haven't really been listening to anything that's like wave-esque or waves-esque or sorry, or like, more oh yeah ga- like garage rock for a while and it was a, a nice little refresh to be not listening to rap all time but yeah. then not coming back to a completely new genre of music that i'm not really into but coming mm-hmm. back to a genre of music that i used to actively listen to yeah yeah but i don't really as much anymore so it was a nice little return to that so it was a good right, choice yeah I, I i think that's that's it for that album yeah right yeah cool <laughs> i mean we got it we got it we got to keep moving we got to keep moving because we're on fucking yep. an hour and three easy i mean oh to be fair we've made the time back now so that's okay yeah, uh, so. <laughs> we gotta talk about Basket Case. Yet, I know, but holy shit, yeah. So Basket Case, I'm getting the. I got. I always say the director as well. So, right, we're gonna so we're gonna be talking about Basket Case, directed by Frank Hennen Lotte. Oh my god! So I fucking love this film. See, right, okay. So I feel like I don't want to be biased, cause obviously, you know. I love you as an artist, and yeah, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, since I love them as an artist, I'm just gonna, you know, fan over their fucking choices. But your choices <laughs> is fucking awesome. I, I'm not into like. See, that's the thing. I um, mostly I have a bias towards coming of age films. That's my mm-hmm. thing. That's why I had a bias towards um, Kid the Goat's choice in episode six when we're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I was like, no, I love oh that yeah, film. just for just. Uh, I I've already gave it at least a free star based on it being a coming of age film because I yeah. know I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah. But this film was just like oh, I don't know because I looked it, it at the start of it. I was like, oh god, is this gonna be bad because the because <laughs> some of the shots in the cinematography and the acting, I was like, what the fuck. Yeah. And then I looked it up and I was like, this film had like a 30k budget or some yeah. shit. 
It had an incredibly low budget, and because of that, it just made it better. It really did. It was <laughs> fucking awesome. So, oh man, I'm so but, glad you liked yeah. it. I really thought it was gonna be like a, a hit or miss type situation. Mm-hmm. With oh, you. I, I think it. I think it still is, but it was definitely a, a hit for me. So before I like you know go through what I liked and disliked, do you want to go through why you decided to pick this film? Yeah. Um. I mean, similar to my my choice in uh, choosing puberty self-titled for my record choice because like it's you know it's something i really like and also something i feel like maybe a lot of people don't uh, know so well um basket case is a little bit more well known because it does have the cult horror movie status but Mm -hmm. i still feel like a lot of times i'll mention it to people and they'll be like what what are you talking about um yeah but like yeah it it definitely i feel like it deserves a little bit more recognition and Mm -hmm. i don't know just the first time that i watched it i just I really connected with it in a way Mm -hmm. like I've always been like a huge horror movie fan um, Mm -hmm. and like the 80s ones were never quite my thing just because they got a little bit predictable with you know the slasher type thing happening but um, this one it just felt a little bit more um, I don't know what it what it was it just felt a little bit more like I could personally relate to it somehow even if like what was happening in the movie didn't actually happen to me it just had like a more emotional weight to it like there are some scenes in it that are like uh like dealing with the the main character's like medical trauma that is mm-hmm. really viscerally disturbing and like i don't mm-hmm. know it just made me feel a lot um and yeah. like like you were saying like some of the shots are really weird and some of the acting is pretty terrible but i feel like when you start watching that movie and then you you uh, oh like those those things will stick out to you at first but then yeah. you'll like you'll give it a pass after a while because yeah. in the uh the universe of the movie the way that the characters are acting kind of makes sense because everybody's kind of quirky and off quirky anyway and off, yeah and yeah. i think i think it gives off it definitely gives off that kind of charm i mean yeah. i think it's a perfect example of a film that has a fantastic concept but not a fantastic budget Right. And yeah. That is always, regardless of your opinion on you know film blockbusters or like you know AAA title films, mm-hmm. I in my opinion it's always got to be you know st- uh, style uh, well substance over style in a sense. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. And again, you know, fantastic idea over fantastic budget. Right. You can have a fantastic budget and have a fun and have like a shit idea, and the film's gonna be shit. Right, nobody's but if you're, gonna see that movie. Yeah, but if you're <laughs> unique in it, you know, if you if you kind of apply like a unique mindset and you know a unique story concept, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of work with, you'll right. essentially be you know innovative with what you have and what you work with if you think this idea is going to work. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Definitely. Yeah, and honestly, I don't I don't think that I would have liked this movie as much if it had a better budget because yeah, I almost yeah, feel I, like yeah, I, but yeah like, exactly like, kinda, like I said, I think it's the charm. Yeah, and, like, the gritty way that it was thrown together just feels right for the story, mm-hmm. like, tonally. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I really liked that aspect about it. I just, yeah. I kind of have nothing bad to say about this movie. I love all yeah. the characters. Like, there's there's so many fun characters in the movie, and, yeah. I like, it's made me laugh a lot. Like, a lot of the dialogue is yeah. really funny, yeah. like, genuinely. And, um, yeah, just, like, the concept, yeah. like I said, it's, like, it's it's the perfect mixture of, like, mm-hmm. legitimate horror and, like, an idea that's like kind of silly mm-hmm. at the same time yeah usually i am um, i'm not bad when it comes to, like squeamish stuff or whatever but yeah. my friend anderson 
is mad in a body horror. I was saying off the podcast, he's he's mad in a body horror. He's been making me watch body horror films, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking disgusting and like weird and shit. But then with this <laughs> film, when it came to the deaths, I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved I loved the scene of the Siamese twin killing the doctor. I know there's multiple doctors. The one with the glasses. The, the one the first victims oh yeah fucking awesome just the yeah. way again they the way they worked with the budget and i mean you can tell obviously blood usually blood in more heavy budget or m- more modern films is you know dark bl- uh, dark red mm-hmm. but you could just tell it's like fucking bright red paint <laughs> yeah. and i just love that so much i don't know again it adds to the charm of the film i think there's a ba- again there's like a balance between something with a low budget that's like so bad it's good but this isn't mm-hmm. so bad it's good it's just like i don't know i it, like you were saying i think the low budget of it kind of it, it adds to how good it is it's hard yeah. to explain it's yeah. yeah uh you just you just you just give it a pass for this movie yeah exactly. and like yeah the, the death scenes are so they're they're just great because like I don't know if if you are squeamish. I don't think they're that bad because bad everything all, no. looks. It's just so... like blood on blood on. It's weird. It's like blood on face kind of thing. Pretty and then much. I yeah. Just, and then it was funny. The, the the one where like the guy gets like cut in half and shit. Oh the, yeah, the, 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 the dad, dad gets, the like, dad cut gets cut in half. In half. <laughs> and then and then it doesn't show it. It just shows like two clay made feet like yeah. just flop down just the side. It's just side. funny. Like it's just funny. <laughs> Well, I was like, oh, I was, well, I just sat there and I was like, cause I like audibly, I, I'm not, I'm very, when I, even when I'm watching a comedy or something, I'm very mute when it comes to watching yeah. films. I will, yeah. I'll just react in my head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this film made me like shout sometimes. <laughs> like I found it like a, a bit weird when the fucking like make it out and they were like probably good for it. I was like, yo, what's going on here? <laughs> I know. Like, they probably make it out, and then the, obviously the Siamese twin gets all pissed that you know <laughs> his brother's getting game, and he's just like a little yeah. blob thing in a basket. Oh man, yeah, that's where everything goes wrong. Some of the acting, it's kind of like how I was saying about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The reason, one of the reasons that was a bit, I a bit mad was some of the acting was cheesy. But it's mm-hmm. like if it's an eighties film, like it's just it's just a given. You know what I mean? It's right. Just, like it's a given because it's an eighties film, and you know, especially with a low budget, it's just like you know. Right. Oh, that well. was, that I, I love that though. I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other things I really liked about the film. I think I think again, some of the shots you could tell it was, you know, again, this is probably an example of part of the low budget that I didn't like. And mm. some of the some of the shot composition and the cuts between shots were very abrupt. Yeah. And very kind of like and it, it, yeah. it there's a level of obviously I like the charm of it, but at the same time it takes me away from like the immersion of a film. Because mm-hmm. I, I like to be engrossed in something, and then if it it was there was some there was like a scene with the love interest, and uh, is it Dwayne with the, like they were yeah. like in a shot, and then it cut really abruptly, like when she was like in midst of a of like a sentence, and I was like, yo, what what the fuck's up with that shit? And then <laughs> yeah, they were like, I don't know. Yeah, fuck I feel there's like a few mistakes, but when it came to that, <laughs> that took me away from the film rather than adding the charm of it. But yeah, yeah. I think the low budget charm definitely outweighs the low budget like parts that i didn't enjoy as much i guess totally so. yeah and i don't know if you noticed but um upon my really quick rewatch of this movie before we started recording today was uh there were some scenes where like the dialogue 
just out of nowhere became really rushed and like the characters just like said what they needed to say really quick as they were like walking and like Mm -hmm. you know exiting the scene and i was just like what why did that happen so fast (laughs) that's not how people act why why in a rush (laughs) yeah and it did feel very obviously the entire concept is that the siamese twins in the in the bedroom but I felt like that thing happened like three times where everybody's like, yo, what's going on in this bedroom? What's going on? Like, and they just shouted and shouting. And I did find that even though I love the charm of, you know, all the screaming and that, because, you know, it's a horror film. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I did feel like the, the Siamese twin screaming of the, oh, constantly. I was like, fuck it out. Shut up, dog. Oh, dog. yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. The last time I watched that out loud, I kept having to turn the volume down, down on my down, TV. Yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry to yeah. my roommates right now. Yeah. But at the same time, um, one thing that we were talking about was this idea of me and you both. I we have like CRT TVs and like VHS stuff, yeah, you know, some like that kind of stuff. And I think yeah. it's one of those films that you would flick on it like two in the morning on like a TV channel, like yep. randomly when you were a kid. It gives you that kind of vibe or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, and that is. I think yeah. it's. I I taught my friends about experience films on tape, and a lot of them are like, just buy the Blu-ray, you fucking idiot. Like, the, <laughs> like VHS makes it worse. And I mean, it in some aspects, yes, but. I think you could add some extra charm to it by watching this on like a box yeah. TV at like two yeah, in the man. morning kind of thing. Because that's the way I feel like it was intended to be experienced. Even though I think the director released like a Blu-ray version of it. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I feel like definitely this is the kind of movie you would watch on a tape. And the people who are like, oh, why don't you just watch it on Blu-ray because it's better quality. They don't they don't get it. It's also the difference <laughs> between reading a comic book on a computer screen on a computer and reading screen, a comic book yeah. on a piece of paper, you yeah. know? <laughs> I think the idea of, I mean, it's like, you know, why are you buy, what, buying films on tape? I'm like, well, why are you buying vinyls? Like, it's the exact right. same thing. I think there's just a difference of how we consume kind of different types of media and the kind of connotations and aesthetics they have. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be taken away from that. We can improve, you know, the watching experience in terms of visual and how HD it is or whatever. Yeah. But you can't take away the charm. I don't get the same charm listening to an album on Spotify as I do putting yeah. a vinyl on. I feel like it's more of a, you know, personal experience. And again, the same thing with having a comic book physically rather than reading something on an ebook or something on a PDF. I've never been into that ebook shit because I'm just like, I would rather have it physically because I feel like yeah. it's, you know, my own well, thing, you know? So I, I I also don't feel like I mean I I, I talk uh I talk down screen viewing of media a lot, but like I also don't feel like um the older version is always better. Like, I don't feel like tape is always better. Or no, books, no, definitely not. No, like, physical no. books are always better. It really depends on, like, the, the, the piece of media piece that of you're, media itself, you're watching, yeah. too. Because there's there's plenty of movies that would be made a lot worse if you watched them on tape, for sure. <laughs> if yeah. you were going for, like, quality and, like, you really need to see things mm. clearly, then that wouldn't yeah. be a good movie to yeah. watch on tape. But, you know, for something like mm-hmm. Basket Case, it's already a low-budget film. Yeah. And it has that feeling, that late night movie feeling yeah. where maybe you don't need to be able to make out everything that's happening. You just yeah. like need the experience of, I don't know. I, I do feel like it's, it's experience is, uh, mm-hmm. is only made better by the, yeah. the, the slightly worse quality of tape. <laughs> and like the CRT. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, the perfect example of that is I bought Punch Drunk Love on VHS because, again, I really enjoyed it. And I mm-hmm. watched it on tape, and I liked it so because I love VHS charm, whatever the tape. Yeah. But if I was to recommend somebody to watch uh, Punch Drunk Love, I wouldn't, like, buy it on tape because right. I want you to, 
you know, the framing and all the shot composition and all that is really apparent in that film. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to watch that in more of a, you know, high quality aspect. Yeah. But again, yeah, something sure. like Evangelion was made with 4x3 in it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's already, the, the visuals pop out on tape anyway. So that's why I'm trying to collect on tape. So first okay, of all, yeah. I have a version of the ADV dub because Netflix like redubbed, which I, I don't know why. That's they did right. That, but, um, <laughs> And second of all, it's because it, it was made in native four by three, so it's made for like a box TV, so like mm-hmm. a CRT TV. So that's why me trying to collect all these tapes is, you know, a different way of watching it, which does yeah. have a bit of charm. So yeah, and like I, t- I totally get it. Just like um, if you already like the medium of VHS, like collecting things, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel like they were maybe meant to be watched on tape, it's still just nice to have it's this nice little have, box yeah. thing and like see mm-hmm. the, you know, the cover art on this yeah. this old-fashioned little box <laughs> i mean i know i don't want to be all like oh it's so indie you know glutton the tv but <laughs> that tv that i bought that crt was the best per one of the best purchases i've ever made i mean it's got <laughs> av ports for my like gamecube it's got an rf oh, yeah. for my mega drive or genesis yeah. and then it's got it's got a built-in vhs player with nt ntsc playback so it means if mm-hmm. i get a tape from america because i'm obviously in the uk where pal yeah, like in yeah. terms of yeah i can get an ntsc tape so a tape from america <gasps> oh I've, I've got the american version of forrest gump i could play that american version of forrest gump and it work so. yeah no i i sorry i just gasped because i remembered something you were talking about on one of the previous mm-hmm. podcasts and it has something to do with this ntsc okay. pal okay. thing um you mentioned dougal before and like, yeah the magic yeah the magic roundabout yeah yes and and one of my like favorite movies i don't know how i ended up i think i just saw like gifts of it on tumblr or something and i was like i'm gonna go download this movie and watch it and it was Dougal and the blue cat and oh. i i watched it and i was like this is like the best stop motion movie i've ever seen in my life i need to have it and i went searching everywhere for it on vhs and mm-hmm. all the people that i messaged on ebay about like buying it i was they were like, "Oh, it's uh, it's in PAL format, so it's not going to play unless you have a, a VCR that can play that format." Yeah. And I was just like crushed because, like, I, I, okay, I could buy a VCR that can play it, but like, the expensive, yeah. That's yeah, that's crazy. And like, I I was really just hoping there was a way for me to yeah. like find a copy of that of that movie that was um in like sold in america and it mm-hmm. of course doesn't exist <laughs> yeah but that's that sucks. Was just that's i mean I just, yeah me. i just remember watching magic roundabout on like my portable dvd play on the way to france or something in my like parents <laughs> fucking 2007 tour or something <laughs> that's it's, so like, great such a vibe maybe like late at night like falling asleep in the back of the car while we get on the ferry to france or something for a summer holiday hell yeah, yeah I don't know. it's like it's an awful film apparently it's so shit and it's so funny because the american version Dougal has a different voice acting thing to the uk one probably the uk one's better but i mean you know, are wait are, are you talking about like the like the this the, the really three... shitty cg yes like, early 2000 cg film yes yeah, yeah i <laughs> I, I shuddered when I first saw that. <laughs> I was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I did a lot of research for my like VHS TV. I did yeah. a lot of research into it. I was like, all right, I want to make sure it's got this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And like, I bought it with the person. And I was like, can I have this for like, I got it for 45 pounds, which is like $50. Nice. That's yeah. not bad at all. Like, that not isn't at bad all. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I've dropped more money on certain TVs of mine. And mm-hmm. also some of mine I've just picked off the curb um around places around my house yeah it's so interesting how like some guy could drop a sony trinitron on like 
it like on a curb and just be like, people can have this for free. Yeah. But then some sort of like Smash Bros. Melee enthusiast is like, have my old Sony Trinitron with like really good refresh rate for two hundred pounds, and I'm like, I'm mm. not paying that for a fucking TV. That's like yeah. twenty twenty year old, you know. I'm yeah. I'm I'm kind of upset that I figured that out late. I was buying most of my CRTs to begin with, and then I like I by chance I saw one on a curb, and I was like, wait. There's so many people mm-hmm. who just like throw out their TVs on the curb, and so many of them like yeah. work perfectly fine. So yeah. you've got like yeah. multiple. I've only got one because I only yeah. have. I, I got kind of lucky with my university like flat on my university room because I like my room. I've just got enough enough space for the TV to be on like my shelf. Oh yeah, and it's, yeah. it's all set up perfectly because I've just got enough space for the TV to be on there. Mm-hmm. And it's like face opposite my like bedroom or whatever. I'll send you. I'll send you a video in my room after this. But yeah, and I've got it. like my GameCube on the left, and then my Mega Drive on the right, and it just fits. Yeah, and I don't have any more room. So that's yeah. that's very similar to the setup that I had in my room because my room's pretty tiny too. But I moved that one TV down to the basement with all the others, where there's mm-hmm. much more room for them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whew, we're on one twenty-two, so I think we should probably wrap it up. But yeah. this has been fucking—I I, love this episode. It was fantastic. Yeah. I love talking about everything. You know, gushing about how much I love your art, going into the kind of backstory of each of your characters and the future stuff that you make, and obviously the film and album choice has been fantastic. So thank you very yeah, much yeah. for being on. Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really, it was such a blast for me to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just going through some stuff. Obviously, check out Clyde's work. I'm going to link his Patreon, his Twitter, and anything else that you ask me to put in the description if you want to check it out. For me, Percy, you can follow the, you know, the kind of what's going on with my life and what's going on with the podcast on my Twitter, which is at Hypeystan. Aside from that, I also put review. I'm a bit behind on the reviews, and I don't know, I mean, this episode will be coming out in maybe a few weeks' time, but... I don't know if I'll still be behind on letterbox reviews, but I do review every film that I review and look at on the podcast and write a little short review on how I thought of it. And I've also got a list of like ranking from my favorite to my least favorite. I haven't actually hated or disliked any of the films I've covered so far, but there's definitely some that I've loved more than others. So I've got like a ranking list there if you want to check it out there. Obviously follow the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And yeah, that's basically that. Is there anything else you know you want to say before we close? Uh, oh. yeah, just a couple things. Um, yeah, cool. If you are interested in the comic, you can keep up with the progress of me working on it on my Patreon. Uh, that's one of my only Patreon exclusive things right now. And uh, I, like I said before, I am planning on opening up shop to a uh, shop soon. So mm-hmm. look out in the near future for an Etsy shop. That's keep pretty an much eye it. Out. Keep an eye yeah. out. Definitely. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>